Scott and Liam versus Evil. So remember to enunciate, slow the fuck down, and let's actually like let people out with Glasgow understand us in this episode. I will try my best. Have you wrote down on paper again? Is it like a reminder to slow the fuck down? Yes, I've got it. I keep it with me for all podcast recordings. <laughs> Going maybe actually have to get tattooed on us yeah. because last week's episode was like a rap battle. <laughs> We had, how fast we were going. Yeah, we obviously had um, forgot the novelty of recording in the same room and then bringing in an extra body as well. We felt like we were showing off, so. Yeah, well, the past week spent editing that episode <laughs> uh, was a living nightmare. <laughs> so, if this if this doesn't sound like pure quality when, it, when I go to edit it, it's just going in the bin and I'm never doing it again. A lot of rides on this. Yeah. Welcome to Scott and Liam vs Evil episode 70, I'm Liam And I'm Scott And can you believe that we have, there's actually literally over 70 hours worth of us talking out there <laughs> in the ether It's quite it's quite scary It's horrifying The scary the scarier part is that people are actually listening to it, That's that definitely still ceases, never ceases to amaze me Scarier than that is that I can't remember what I said 5 minutes ago, let alone what I said in any of the beginning episodes, <laughs> so there's probably a whole lot there that we could get jailed for. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. Or at least like burnt as witches. I hear they're bringing that back. Are they? Yeah. There was a what, sign- witch burning, yeah, or just was- witches in general. There was a sign in- outside one of the shops in Calendar saying that they had burnt a bunch of witches in Prague. I don't know if it was if that's recent news or if it happened in like the 1600s. I really, I really don't know, but the sign was definitely there. What shop was? Displaying a sign about burnt witches. I don't know. One of the cafes, honestly, it's it's like a weird witchy town. It's really is quite creepy when you actually look at it. There's skeletons all over the place. There's a horror <laughs> museum. It's it's not like a wee quaint wee town. It's properly sinister. Uh, nothing says relaxing coffee atmosphere quite like a, an article about witch burning in yeah. Prague. So today is Scott's pick, and do you want to tell our lovely listeners what you've picked? Well, we were getting close to um, needing an episode for this week and I realised I hadn't picked anything. I thought, well, just jump onto Netflix and see what it's about. And I went on the horror section and seen February. And I thought, I watched that when it first popped up on Netflix and I wasn't that wowed by it. I don't even really remember much about what happened in it. But then it just blew up and everybody and their granny was talking about it on Facebook, how brilliant it is. It's also known as The Black Coat's Daughter, which I will not refer to as that name again this episode. It is called February and that's it. Uh, But I just thought, what is everybody seeing in this movie that I I missed? So I thought, fuck it, I'll I'll pick it and I'll I'll see if I I have a different view, a different uh, experience the second time around. So that's what it is, February. Usually what people see in the movie that you don't see is like the actual middle part and the <laughs> end of it. Right, yeah. So you, you've one million percent watched this entire film? The whole thing, yeah. I watched it um, literally about an hour ago. Right, that's good. Yeah, I can't have you no watching this film because I'm quite excited to get into it and discuss it. 
So a synopsis from IMDb for The Black Coat's Daughter, aka February, to appease Scott, we'll just call it February. Yes. Uh, is two girls must battle a mysterious evil force when they get left behind at their boarding school over winter break. Do you know who directed it? Um, Oz Perkins, who is Anthony's son. <sighs> That's the big reveal. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, that again. Do you know? Do you know who his dad is? Who's his dad? Are you doing it again? Uh, no, I'm still... I'll, I'll keep that in, but I'm doing this because I've been practising it all oh, week. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Do you, know, do you know who his dad is? Who's his dad? It's Anthony Perkins. From Psycho? From Psycho? Oh, Imagine no. that. There you go, eh? Learn something new every day. Do you know what? Me and... Well, Lena was watching a, a movie the other night there called Crimes of Passion. Okay. Uh, I, to be honest, I wasn't paying attention to it, so I didn't get into it. It's probably a good movie. But Anthony Perkins was in it. And I was like, oh shit, I've not seen him in ages. I'm sure he's still alive. Turns out he's not. He died HIV in like 1992. Wow. But what I didn't know is his wife and Oz Perkins' mum was on the plane that crashed into the first or second tower on 9-11. Dear God. How fucking weird is that? And then Oz goes and makes shite movies. So there's just tragedy hitting that family around, isn't it? It was, because it was a few nights ago, I was like, oh shit. Anthony Perkins then came out of my head and I was thinking about him and reading up on him and then went to watch this again. I was like, oh shit, who actually directed it? Oh my God, it's his son. It's, it's like everything is, there's like a, a native of consciousness that everything is connected. Synchronicities. Yes, that's, that's way better than native of consciousness. Yeah. I thought I'd stole that from Repo Man, but I think I've completely misquoted it. <laughs> yeah. So it stars Emma Roberts, who is a babe. Do you know who her aunt is? Who? Julia Roberts. Oh my god. Yeah. She's got that uh, Roberts family big mouth. Like, not because <laughs> not she talks a lot, because it's just actually huge. That sounds like an outrageous accusation to make, unless you've seen more than just two people in the Robertson family. Yeah, well, or Roberts, sorry. Right enough, I've only seen, I've only seen two, but so far it's uh, two for two. She's also a domestic abuser. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. But we might send her this episode, so well, the, say like there was there was no um, she's an she's a unconvicted domestic abuser. Is that better? Or is that just the same? That's still calling her a domestic abuser. She's uh, unconvicted, and somebody once said that she abused him domestically. She uh, she had an argument with her boyfriend Evan Peters, uh, the guy from American Horror Story, and I think they had a, it was a heated argument. She might have slapped him about a few times, and. Uh, somebody phoned the police, but he did decline to press charges. So technically, he just had a regular Glasgow Friday night. So, was <laughs> it <it's> all right? <laughs> to be honest, I'd let her slap me about. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't actually. I would. I would drop kick her through a window. <laughs> uh, it's also starring Kiernan Shipka, who's also a babe, despite possibly being like fourteen. Okay. Do you know she's been cast in the new Netflix series of Sabrina the Teenage Witch? As Sabrina. She is going to be Sabrina. That'd be quite a good... I'm assuming this is the uh, kind of main character, the spaced out one. The blonde. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's probably a good... Yeah. That's an actually super quite good at that. And it's going to be... It's going to be more, like, true to the kind of comic books yeah. where Sabrina was, like, kind of evil as fuck. Yeah. She's a witch. Yeah. The way the way it should be, not just, like, making boys fancier. She yeah. should be, like... I don't know. I, what would you do if you were a, a teenage female witch? Um... Teenage female. If I was a teenage female, I just masturbate all the time anyway, whether I was a witch or not. <laughs> Stick my wand up my fanny. <laughs> 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 so, 
So you're you're a comical witch then if you've got a wand. I don't I don't think real witches have wands. Tell it to Harry Potter. I fucking will. Uh, and also Lucy Boynton, who I don't actually know what else she's been in, but she's a very good actress yeah. after this. So let's dive into the Black Coat's daughter, aka February. test to see if her head matched the body. Hey, Dad, just calling to see where you and Mom are, if you're coming. Worst case, they come on Friday and everyone goes home and has a really nice break. After all, we can't let you live here. You know about the sisters, don't you? They worship the devil. Is there something wrong? Why are you doing this? Do you believe in God, Joan? Ever tried to look for him? I look for him in the unlikely things that happen. Little coincidences. wish you could stay and see my performance. That's all. So we start leading up to, like, winter break, like a, a February break. There's a break, there's a week's long break from school in this boarding school. And see for it being like a Catholic school girl, boarding school girls, there's not really a lot of, like, um, naked school girls. But anyway. Uh, Have you ever been to a Catholic all-girls school? No, but I really believe that they're always naked and they're always lesing out. I don't think that happens. They're not? No. Well. They they, they, they believe in Jesus too much, so scissor like No, they don't. don't they think. don't. See, that's the thing. They don't. Their parents believe in Jesus and that's why they get sent, but they don't. They just believe in getting drunk and lesing out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Chili Peppers wrote a song about it. It has to be true. <laughs> right, anyway. <laughs> so, did, wait, did you say they get any scissor? <laughs> See, I don't think there's a, a section of the Bible all about schism. It's probably a sin. You should read uh, Ezekiel. That fucking part of the Bible is absolutely bonkers. Do you think there's schism in Ezekiel? Yeah. I thought schism was like a, a kind of new fad. No, do you think everything's new, but your parents were doing it all before you were born, man? I highly doubt my mum and dad were schism before I was born. <laughs> you never know, man. They might have been one of those uh, keys in the bowl party. You never know. <laughs> That is haunting. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so the the priest, she's like she's quite spaced out when she's talking to the priest, and I was like, is she banging the priest? And my note says, what is wrong with her? But I read it 
to my head myself wrong and I thought, what is wrong with me? But that's also a good question as well. Why did I always assume that folk are buying, always? It happens a few times in this movie and we'll get in it. I think Oz Perkins throws a lot of red herrings in mm-hmm. that the older men want to fuck the young girls because instantly that's what 95% of the population think yeah. because older men are creepy. And yeah. they do want to bang the young girls. So they, they keep doing it. They do it with the priest and they do it later on with the, the, they, the kind of father character. Yeah. yeah. It's good because after nobody fucks the young girls, you're then sitting thinking, I'm a bad man for thinking that. Yeah, like, like that, That's just a priest. I, at no point did he want to bang her, but that's where my mind went. I'm a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. It's, it's got me in that reflection period as well. <laughs> it's got an art house vibe to it. Maybe that's the reason why I didn't like it the first time I watched it because I've only kind of recently got into my art house vibe and uh, art house phase. And this movie is from 2015, am I right? It was filmed in 2015 and then it kept getting pushed back, right? Like for releases, and then eventually it was widely released in 2017. Okay, right. Um, maybe I was in my art house phase then. I think I can't remember, but I don't know why. I honestly don't know why I didn't like it the first time. It's it was a completely different movie than I, I thought I had watched the last time. I thought it ended up being a cult movie, like like an actual cult like with people in robes and all that, but that's not what happens at all. See, one day, I'd like to, we should maybe actually start doing it from now on, where whatever movie we pick for the podcast, I'll come round to your house and I'll sit and watch you watch it <laughs> to make sure that you have actually watched the correct movie and you have watched the entire thing. Honestly, like I was watching it this time round and I was like, this is not the movie I remembered. Um, but anyway, so so the two girls we were watching, uh, Catherine and uh, Rose, get left behind during winter break because their parents either just haven't turned up or because uh, Rose told them the wrong day because she believes she is pregnant and she wants to meet up with the boy uh, before going home to tell him that she's pregnant and she's got to get rid of it. Then she's smoking well up the duff, but then I think she's going to get the abortion anyway, so that's probably why she doesn't really care. Yeah. Um, I as my next note just basically dingied by your parents how sad because the blonde girls <laughs> the parents just don't sh- show up but then she's there's like an end of t- it was quite an actually weird setting because folk are already pissing off and disappearing and going home but they're also doing a concert as well at the same time yeah like a like a, a recital type thing yeah. um, so Catherine's singing in it and I actually quite really like the tone of the voice uh, the girl that sings it's, it's a really really nice sounding voice um, she sounds a bit like Regina Spector. Yeah, uh-huh, I'll go with that, because I like her too. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was a good three quarters of the way through this movie, and I only had like a page and a half of notes, so I've not wrote a lot of notes for this one. Um, but I think I might have a lot to say as I go through it. But I don't know how far on we are. Basically, the priest or the headmaster decides that the two girls can stay for one or two nights in the, the boarding school. Whenever I'm assuming everybody's leaving on a Wednesday, and they say that your parents can be here by Friday the, the lassie who's pregnant had told her parents to come on the Friday so they're staying for like a night or two nights and uh, he's got two uh, kind of nuns or two like women that work in the they act as nurses in one of the scenes but it could just be two women I think they are still like the sisters at yeah. the school so that they will be kind of nuns yeah. yeah so they're staying I think they're living in like the house next door or something they live on site so they stay with them uh, so they're sitting having their dinner and they're saying grace and I just thought to myself, can you imagine actually having to sit down and thank God every time before you eat a scan? Like, that must get so boring. You must be yeah. so pissed off and all because he did fuck all to give you it. 
you've dived right through it again. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you are literally like three quarters of the way through the film. <laughs> uh, so basically, the cat's mum and dad don't show up. She's having kind of, she's like dreamt that there's a, a crash car that her parents have died, which turns out to be true. Do we ever I find that out? That it is true? You do find it out later on because that's, well, I'll get to that. Right. Uh, so she's having visions that our parents are dead, but she's still, every so often, she's, she's speaking to someone that's there. So it's obviously she's getting possessed from something. Rose is just waiting her mum and dad showing up. She doesn't really want to look after Cat. He's a few Kat's. years older than Cat, isn't she? She's a bit older. Yeah, she she basically thinks Cat's quite weird and just like just fucking go out my room, don't touch my stuff. And Cat's Cat is acting really distant, really off, really strange. And there's a few different instances where like uh, I'm pretty sure that the dinner thing's still after Rose catches her catches Cat down in the furnace where she's just like kind of bowing in front of the furnace over and over. It's quite a nice scene. It's quite kind of haunting looking. Uh, so she thinks that there's something up, there's something weird going on, and then that's when it gets to they're basically having dinner because our mum and dad still haven't showed up, although she spoke to someone on the phone. Who, I think, yeah, no, I think you're rushing ahead now. That this is the first time they have dinner. They do sit at that table two or three times. Do they? Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. I don't remember them sitting at a table more than once. Yeah, no, they they definitely do. I think. Yeah, because. There's a reaction the second time, and I've I've wrote a specific note about it, and it's not here. Uh, but I can just say, like at this point, we see obviously we've seen the the vision of the crash car, but we don't know for sure where her parents are. But I was like, no wonder all Bushy Brow's parents didn't show up. She is weird as fuck, man. And you, you're totally right because she's like distant. She spaces out. She looks off the distance and doesn't seem as if she's paying attention, as if something's catching her attention in quite a few times, and you don't really know what. But we get to I'm at, I'm at the part where Emma Roberts comes in because she doesn't come in for a wee while and she's at a bus stop uh, she's Joan Joan so it comes up across the screen that you're now on Joan's story yeah so we get the guy now I forget the guy the actor's name but he, I do recognise him from quite a lot of things James Remar right he played uh, Ajax in Warriors which he was excellent in and he was also the dad in Dexter right he's in other things that I actually have seen uh, <laughs> 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 um, but so he he sees her and says, "Oh, you mean my, my daughter? Do you, can I give you a lift because she's sitting on her, in a on her own at the bus stop?" And would you pick up a would you pick up a stranger if she looked like Emma Roberts? Yes, but like in real life, would you actually pick up a stranger? Especially and and his wife's in the car. So like, if Lena's waiting in the car, would you pick up a stranger? Depends how freaky Lena wants to get with a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but nah, well maybe if I if I was a a kind of middle aged man and there was a young girl out in the cold, then I probably would offer to help, but only if my wife or my girlfriend was there just to prove that I didn't actually slip, <laughs> slip a digit. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't do it if I was just myself because obviously that would just end in tears, like not tears that I'd actually forced just <laughs> like people accusing me of stuff that I didn't actually do your tears not her tears yeah yeah would, would you get in a stranger's car eh uh, well yeah like if I really need if I was freezing cold and I really needed a lift probably because like I'm 28 and 
I'm not a little guy, so if anybody's going to then try and take me down, then good luck to them. Because if they get if they batter me, which they probably will, <laughs> then at least they've worked for it. And I'm fine with that. So I, I I think I think I would do it because I know that I could handle myself in the situation that I might get into. Well, at least attempt to handle myself. Would you? I I guess it would need to depend on my actual situation, like if I was in trouble or if I was desperate. Right, freezing cold, bus stop, the bus isn't coming, it's snowing, it's like proper Baltic, you've only got a thin jumper on. Guy pulls up, a guy in a white a guy in a woman, and they say, Alright son, where are you going? Why don't we give you a lift? Will you get in that car? I don't know, because they're probably wanting to go and they're probably definitely want to rape me. If they see me sitting. But you then also you get a free lift and they might not rape you. <laughs> Alright, well well you put it that then yeah, definitely I'll get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets in the car and it drives away and then it shows that these these strangers have got the uh, boarding school bumper sticker stuck to the car and sinister music plays like why I'm not sure I wasn't even sure what was going on yet by this point in the movie do you know the name of the boarding school which escapes me uh, is the name of the apartment block in Rosemary's Baby Right. It was a little nod to Rosemary's Baby because that's the type of horror that Oz Perkins is like really keen on. The kind of slow burn, sinister, depressing, bleak, like Rosemary's Baby or like, uh, oh shit, was it uh, Don't Look Now? Uh-huh. Or even the, the Exorcist kind of thing in a way. Oh, actually, more happens than the Exorcist, so maybe not like that. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, that's how we nod to Rosemary's Baby, which is quite interesting. So, this is when we follow the, uh, the Emma Roberts story, and she then wakes up in a hotel room, and the, the old the man, the kind of father figure that's picked her up, has left a note saying, You looked as if you needed a sleep or something along those lines. And this is when I've got my note. Um, it seems like Bill wants payment and sex. Happy to help my ass, and uh, and that's that's just goes in with your point earlier in the movie. Like that's the first thing I thought when these older men were talking to these younger girls. That's that was what I was expecting to happen. You can see why you're led to believe it in that scene, though, because she does just come out of the shower. She's wrapped in a towel, and he comes in. If you walked into a room and a lassie had just came out of the shower, you'd be like, "Oh shit, eh, right, I'll go away just now. Let you get ready, and then I'll come back." But he does just kind of take a seat, like, "Yep, this is happening." Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't happen, and we're all bastards for thinking it. Yeah. So I think right where I'm at just now, I don't really actually know where I am just now. To be honest with you. I know. Oh, no, no right. So I've got it. This, we've had this. We've had the scenario where um, Bushy Brows and Rose have spoke, and Bushy Brows is like the headmaster said you were supposed to look after me, and she's like, "Right, shit, okay." And then like Bushy Brows is lying in bed, and Rose is at the door, and then Rose is like goes to leave. And she says, can I get you anything? And uh, she says, no, you had your chance. And then Rose leaves. I think that's a bit weird. That was like, she knows, like Bushy Brows knows something. She's wanting to watch, man. She's a witch or a Satan worshipper or something. And then she starts to convulse in the bed. It goes back to the scene. And then her legs just flip up and go over the top of her head. I was like, oh, she's also a contortionist. <laughs> that's when you then kind of realise it's a possession movie. Because this and the scene where she's in front of the furnace, which is just before this, I've kind of I've now got my a grasp of where we are. Yeah. Uh, you then start to think, right, okay, there is something sinister. This is why she's been distant. This is why she's really off. She's staring at the distance. She's hearing these voices. It's, it's shit's getting dark. 
and yeah, when she does the contortionist thing, when I first watched it, I was kind of expecting, like, this is where the movie would lose points for me, that it would go silly, it would go like uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose or something like that, where it's so much into the exorcism side, where they're fucking flapping about and speaking in tongues and vomiting green, that I thought, I, I'm no interested in those movies. Yeah. I thought that would kill it at this bit. But apart from when she flips her legs over, that's it. You don't see any more of that and it's done. Yeah. And it actually then gained a point. So well done, Oz Perkins, for doing that. Um. So uh, we have at this point where we're jumping back to Joan's story. And um, she, this is obviously when she was getting changed in the bathroom that you can see that she's running away from something. She gets flashbacks of a mental hospital and she's got like a gunshot wound on her shoulder when she's getting changed in the bathroom and she's trying to get back to uh, wherever the town is, the, the place is happening. But she's sitting having dinner with the father figure who's saying that we're, like, he then starts, t- starts telling her the story of their daughter who died nine years ago. And uh, they go back every year to lay flowers at a grave or whatever on the anniversary and he said I've got a picture and then it's the picture of Rose that she got taken right at the start of the movie like the school picture I'm like so Rose is a ghost so then, then it can you kind of figure out is Joan's story the present and Rose and Catherine's his story is happening in the past when you first watched it although you obviously watched a different movie so when you were watching it this time what did what did you think was happening at that point right there I just I thought that um, I, had, I had figured that the people driving towards the, the school um, were one of the girl's parents, either or. When uh-huh. uh, he said, I've got a picture of my daughter, I was expecting Catherine's picture to come out and Catherine to actually be a ghost, like, the whole time. But I was like, Rose is dead. And I couldn't work it out. I was like, well, how's she the ghost? Because she's no been freaky at all. And then I've, I thought, okay, so this actually isn't happening. Just now this is happening. She is actually alive in the, the version that we're watching. She's not already dead. So that's as far as I figured out at this See, point. I- I, I kind of thought that it was the same as you, Kat's mum and dad, but I thought that the Joan character was going to kill her mum and dad, and that's why they didn't get in the kind of car wreck, and that's why they didn't turn up, so I thought it was still a non-linear timeline, but it's, it's still... a lot closer together, you thought? That's yeah, a, yeah. That's, that would have made sense, eh? Yeah, so, yeah, you notice that Joan is, is running from something, and then this is when we go back to... The, the dinner yeah like the dinner I thought you were talking about with the, the nuns yeah when she stands up and spews up jizz yep and then calls them uh, calls her a cunt cunt she's like get your hands off me cunt it just makes me think of the time that uh, Jordan Katie Price was on this morning where our uh, son Harvey who's got a lot of land I forget he says oh Harvey what would you say when Billy's come up to he goes hello you cunts <laughs> <laughs> on live daily at like half eight in the morning <laughs> So hello. If someone says something horrible to Harvey, what does Harvey say? Hello, you cunt. Uh, Harvey. Okay, we apologise. I, I think it's it's wasted on us now because in Scotland, cunt isn't a bad word. Yes, cunt. It's like a term you, of endearment. You say, yeah, good cunts, bad cunts, we're all cunts. Mm-hmm. Whereas in America, you drop the C bomb. There'll be Americans listening to this just now, thinking, oh my god, yeah, losing their shit, man. Yeah, potty mouthed. Scottish thugs just dropping the sea bomb, but it, it is literally like saying "dude." Yeah, in, in Glasgow. So I don't, I don't understand why the nuns get their knickers in a twist. They should have <laughs> just been like, "Ah, you, you fucking sit down, you cunt." Aye. Who are you talking to? That's what I would do if I was a teacher of some sort. I'd just be like, just "Fucking guys, go and wrap it." Deja tell. 
How long do you think you'd be a teacher for? Oh, I would not be a teacher, man. I could not handle it. I would definitely be touching the reins. High <laughs> <laughs> <I> school? <laughs> eh, aye. That's the one. To be honest, aye, maybe kind of like fourth, fifth year because they're old enough to know what they're doing and they're also young enough to think that your position of power is slightly attractive. <laughs> so, like... Lassies that are like kind of 16 and that, like all fancy the PE teacher because they think, oh, older man. And the PE teacher's just like, I've literally, the only reason I do PE is because I couldn't do anything else and I just want a way to just fucking finger, finger bang young lassies. And that's what would happen. So I'd probably be a PE teacher. <laughs> but then, so after this, the nuns then phone the, the principal to be like, right, this wee lassie's just called as a cunt and she's been sick everywhere and there's something weird going on. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the principal then tells him he's going to come back to the school, I think quite heavily implies that he's coming back to let Cat know that, that parents our are parents, dead. Yeah, that our parents are yeah. dead. I think that's, that's where we then find out, although it's obviously not actually explained clearly. Yeah, I think that's, I probably would agree with that there because they, they take the phone call and then they pull uh, Rose out and tell her to go and do a job outside because he's coming back. And I also thought that they had been told that they were going to obviously need to tell her that our, uh, the other one, Cat, that our parents had died, yeah. That's what I thought. But this is when we get then Cat's story from like her point of view. Yep. Uh, and it's she's obviously back in class, so I was like, is this movie non-linear? And then I've got written uh, my actions here, C's calendar again that you see at the start. I was like, yes, yes, it is non-linear. Uh, so basically it, it replays a couple of scenes that we had seen before where she was spacing out and all the rest of it and you get to see that she's staring at like some kind of horned devil creature in the corner of the room so that's what she's staring at every time that she's spaced out in these previous scenes that we've seen before also is uh, she not just schizophrenic uh, I think that is a good question to ask at the end yeah. I think so when we're analysing it that yeah Ask that again. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we, we, we power through and we get to see the back again at the, uh, the dinner scene. Or I don't know if it's the dinner scene because Rose isn't there. It's one of the, the times that... I think that the last dinner scene is the one where she calls her a cunt. Right. So is it just, just in that room again then? Because I'm getting to like one of the, the kind of main turning points of, of Kat's life. So are we talking about that just now? Aye. Right. She stabs fuck out the two nuns. The, the principal turns up in, with a police officer and uh-huh. can't get into the house and then eventually he does get in and that's when we've seen uh, yeah, the cats stabbed, stabbed them all to fuck. Yeah, we see the he sees we see the blood on, on the wall and he gets a horrified reaction when he looks at, to the floor but then we're going to cut to see her actually doing it because she slit the throat of one of the nuns and then she's just stabbing the other one in the back and it's quite brutal. Like I've got quite a brutal stabbing scene and then I've wrote times two and then I was going to write again actually times four because that my notes I don't really have any notes between all these scenes and but pretty much after we see her stabbing the nuns she's back in the school and we see Rose in the toilet and I think she I, I, it also again doesn't tell you but I think it implies that her period starts so she realises she's not pregnant because she's relieved um, yeah. and then she hears some somebody in the toilet with her like in the it's like a, a school toilet so there's like loads of cubicles and whatnot and um Nobody answers her, and it's quite creepy. Like it's it's the the sound the, the soundtrack uh, that accompanies this, and the the sound effects and stuff is, is done really well. Like we did the volume up quite loud because some of the talking is a bit quiet, but I think that also works in the art house kind of style. That, um, yeah. And 
when it cuts, it's dead, dead quiet, and it's just simply opening the noise of opening a door, but it's so sharp and loud that it's, it gives you a wee kind of joke. And it's obviously done for that reason, but it's not done, it doesn't feel cheap because there's no added sound effects to make it like boom, you know, like to try and give you a fright. It is literally just the sound of the door opening, that's all it is, but it just, because I've been so quiet beforehand, it is, it just feels so loud. I think it is done really, really well. Yeah, because it is quiet, you're, you're on the edge of your seat trying to listen. And you're not expecting the kind of yeah the louder noises. Uh, the soundtrack was written by Elvis Perkins. Who do you know who his dad is? Who's his dad? It's Anthony Perkins. Oh, you're joking? <laughs> no, uh, the soundtrack's fucking brilliant for this movie. Mm. Like as a standalone full album, it's it's a while and you can listen to just driving at night because it's so kind of sinister and haunting. It's it's a fucking brilliant instrumental album. Yeah. But when you're saying about the stabbing, the stabbing scenes are fucking brutal and I yeah. think it's because it's juxtaposed to the rest of the or the, the first kind of forty minutes of the film, which nothing really happens. Mm-hmm. And like you say, it's kind of quiet. It's it, you you're f- so focused trying to work out what's going on that when the stabbing thing happens it just catches you totally off guard because you're at no point are you expecting that sort of brutality. And it is like she's fucking trying to rip through them yeah. with a knife. It looks so real. And yeah, this is when the movie then kicks up a gear and it's fucking brilliant. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, so Rose comes out and walks along the, towards the exit or the stairway that we've seen it a couple of scenes in the movie. She comes in this door, so she looks down the stairs and I couldn't quite see what was at the bottom of the stairs. I think that's the point. You're not really supposed to see what, what it is yet, but I think I know what it is. Um... So she sees, but it's it's bloody and it's clearly like something to be scared of. So she gets a fright when she sees it, uh, and she comes back in, and that's when Cat comes just powering out of the room, like one of the side rooms, and just comes straight forward and just stabs her, no questions, just starts stabbing her in the, the stomach, and then stabbing her in the back until she's dead. And uh, and then she sits and picks up her hair, and you think she's got to cut her hair off, or she like is she obsessed with her? She try to beat her or something along those lines. But is this when we get the next scene when the the cop finds her in the basement? Yeah, the cop. We've had flashbacks of the cop uh, when Joan comes out of the shower and you see the bullet wound. Yeah. You get a flashback of this cop shooting a gun in the basement, which then there's obviously uh, this part where the cop walks in and sees her sitting in front of the furnace in an excellent scene where she is in front of the fire, basically praying uh, uh-huh. with three heads yeah. next to her. It's such a such a haunting, lingering scene. Just the three heads of furnace and this young schoolgirl lassie who's half her head. And then the police starts shouting at her, put the knife down, put the knife down. And she stands up and proclaims... Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Which is a bit unfair for, for Satan, you know? I like a good Hail Satan again. Why not? It just means that she's going against the grain. Aye. Um, <laughs> so I so, so she she starts hailing Satan and then he shoots her. Now, this is kind of where you kind of start to work out what's happened, and this is when I asked the question: Is Emma Roberts' character meant to be the cat character, but nine years later, or is there something else? Why they're different actors? Because it's not very clear, and it's also not very good. Even now, yeah, even now. You are you thinking that? No, I think it. I think it's obvious. See, once that cop shoots her, 
And also because you've got that wee bit in the, the diner where Emma Roberts is sitting with the dad and when he shows her the daughter, she goes to the toilet and she has a wee kind of, like a bit of relief, like a, a kind of laugh, like, oh my God, this is this actually is fate. That's the fucking mum and dad to the lassie I killed. So you start suspecting it at that point and then when Cat gets shot... I think it is then quite obvious that it's definitely Emma Roberts is definitely cat older because of the dark eyebrows and the kind of the greasy blonde hair. I don't know. I don't think it's clear enough because I think, um, like, okay, so cat's supposed to be like between twelve and fourteen because she's supposed to be like first year in school, and uh-huh. Emma Roberts is supposed is, is probably around twenty five. But I think they could have maybe gave it like a fifteen year age gap or something, like a like not just nine, gave it a bit longer gap and got an actual like older actress who looks older because to me it they looked as if they could have been the same playing age, you know, like so it was like I it wasn't very clear to me that it was supposed to be the same person because they look completely different. Aye, they they are similar in age. I don't know. I think if it was a if it was an older woman though, playing the older cat you wouldn't have still had the same kind of suspense during the Jones scenes because if the parents picked up just an older woman, you, you're not going to be as intrigued or kind of, oh shit, what's going on? Is she going to get fingered after that? If it was an older woman, it's, it's better at being a kind of younger lassie, but I do get that, that yeah. they're, they're maybe too close to age. I suppose the um, the answers that are kind of in the dialogue when the dad's telling, her, telling uh, Emma Roberts about his dead daughter, and says she would have been about your age now. She died nine years ago. She would have been your age now. Would mean that roughly, obviously, that because there was there's only roughly maybe been what, one or two years between Cat and Rose. So yeah. that would make sense that Emma Roberts is about the same age as what roughly what his daughter would have been. With that and the bullet wound, and the fact that you don't see Cat dying, you just see her getting shot. Then when you work out that Joan has escaped from a mental home, then I think it ties in. I think it is then quite obvious that it's the same person. I don't think that's the, that's the big question at the end. I think that's, that. yeah, that's quite clear. Yeah. Uh, so then Joan is in the car with the, the dad and the mum. Do you know where she's from? The mum? Uh, I probably know after you tell me. She plays Mary in Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yeah, so she is. So Mary's back for Aspen and her daughter's dead. Yeah. Uh, and Emma Roberts, Joan, stabs fuck out them in the back she, of the she car. She just picked up a knife from the restaurant because when she came out the toilet, um, there was a cop talking to the dad character. Now, they make this look as if the cop's searching for her for escaping from the uh, mental home. They actually, I think this is after the flashback where she looks at the driver's license of the girl called Joan and we see that obviously that Emma Roberts isn't called Joan she's pretending to be Joan and it gives you a flashback of her killing a nurse called Joan from the mental hospital so you get this assumption that the the cops may be looking for her for that reason rather than um, which, I, they, which I believe he was just warning people about the weather that's coming the bad snow so they should move on yeah. I think that was all he was doing uh, so yeah but you see her picking up a knife so that's like that assumption there is because you think that she's grabbing the knife to fight off the cop who might try and arrest her whereas obviously mm-hmm. she's picking up the knife for the plan that she executes later on yeah so she cuts their heads off yep. and puts them in a case along with the head you assume of the woman that she's killed to steal the id and escape the the hospital was there three heads again yeah there's three heads all right i missed that 
Uh, so then Joan gets to the school and kind of she doesn't like climbs through a fence to get to the furnace where she's basically trying to get to the demon that made her kill the first time. But because she was then exercised in the hospital, they, it's as if the demon's gone and because she's kind of lonely, because she's depressed, who because she is schizophrenic, who knows, she needs to get back to see the demon and she needs to bring him the, the, the kind of three heads again that she had to do at the start. And it doesn't work. And that's where you get the scene where Emma Roberts walking down the road and just kind of bursting into tears, like really inconsolable because her demon's either not there or he's not interested or he never was there in the first place. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it, yeah, because we got to the end, I watched it with Lauren and we just figured that she had like a moment of clarity afterwards and obviously that's why she was upset at her own crimes. But um, after I finished watching it, I looked on for some reviews or to try and see if there was an explanation for the ending and one guy had thought that perhaps the demon had never left her and that uh, once she'd like completed a cycle almost of getting Rose and then getting her parents, that that was it. And then once that offering had been done, the demon then left her. And then that's when she was left with the uh, the weight of, of the crimes that she's committed and then feels the guilt. But no, I think I liked yours better. I think that she was trying to uh, offer the demon some, like the heads again to try and get him back. Because when she was young cat and she was in the hospital, uh, when she was getting exercised, you see the demon walk away and leave her. Uh, and she's like, don't go. She said the demon don't not to leave her. So that would I like your version of it best. However, I've got something about the exorcism. It's like uh-huh. so quick. It's like the power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Right, that's it. Well done. All, all over and finished. And that ties into the same what you were saying earlier about when she did the legs flipping over her head. How it was going to lose points, but actually gained them by not you know going down that whole crab walking route and making it all you know a bit daft. The exorcism itself was like almost like a non-event. It was just so matter of fact. They came in and blah blah blah, and that was it. it. They didn't make a big deal about it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, like they, they don't go into the the exorcism cliches. Yeah, with it with the exorcism either, because in real life that's probably what would happen. You get sprayed with holy water. They tell the devil to fuck off, and well, it turns out that it wasn't real anyway. So, but I that's where. When you were asking earlier, like, maybe she's schizophrenic, I think the ending's so open that, it, is it that the girl is, like, mentally unwell and just needs her friend, maybe she's lonely and she, her, her friend is this demon and she needs him back and that's why she's so fucking distraught at the end that he's not came back when she's done everything that he kind of, he asked over, Or is it that it's... Is it all in her head or is there actually a demon? A bit like Piwacket, where you don't know if she is possessed, if it's a real possession, or if this is just totally in the lassie's kind of broken broken mind. Yeah. I think it's all in her mind in this movie. I think it is full on mental health. There's no supernatural at all. I think she properly schizophrenic and she just went up and just killed all those people. And... Um, like real real life like crimes that don't get reported in the news especially like mental health ones and stuff people that cutting off heads and sitting with them for like days on end and stuff is all you know it all happens how like to be honest that part of me thinks that as well how if it is just mental health how did she know that her parents had died she didn't but she 
does she's at just the start. A, she's, because... just a, no, she's just a wee email. She's getting oh, oh, I bet they're dead. Fuck off. How do you know they're dead? Just turned out. She's dreamt. I had coincidence. It's coincidence that she dreamt of their car destroyed the way it would actually it was destroyed in real life. You don't know it was destroyed like that in real life. Nah, true. I like to think it was a real possession, and she was trying to, I she was trying to bring him back because she's a lonely wee lassie. She's not got anybody else, and the devil or the demon kind of acted like a father figure to her uh-huh. because she called a, a couple of times when she was talking to the demon on the phone or whatever. She, which sounds weird, she was calling him dad. Yeah. Uh, so she's then returned to try find her dad and he's not there. I like to think that rather than the mental health thing because it terrifies me that if that is actually possible, mm. that you, your psyche can really make you think that a, a demon is there and wants you to cut the heads off people. That is terrifying to me because my mind is a fucking broken place already and I did not want to I did not want to get any worse scary innit yeah fucking awful uh, so with, with Piwacket you were the one that came up with the mental health idea yeah so do you think this does the mental health idea better or worse than Piwacket if that is what's happened I think this one does it better because there's no I don't think there's any question in it whatsoever that it couldn't all be in her head, there's no scenes that make you think that it actually is out, it like external as if there's anybody else could see or hear it. It's all within her head, and I think that simply means makes it full on mental health. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I like the demon thing. I like the idea that it was actually a big fuck off demon there controlling her. Just it then takes the movie from it takes the movie into kind of more horror ground that. Yeah, this is a possession. And it makes me enjoy possession movies more, if it is, because it's a bit like the zombies. It's been done to death. And I don't, if you, you tell, oh, look, there's a new The Exorcism of fucking Betty Jones 5. I'm not interested. I don't care about that. I don't care about possessed dolls. Whereas this, if this is a possession, then it makes me kind of think, right, there's actually, you could breathe new life in that subgenre and you, you can make it interesting. Yeah, I fully agree because it's it's it does all the the uh, the parts you know it's, it has all the the uh, the demons and all the rest of it, but it does all the cliches very very small. Like it's it's almost on repeat watchings that you'll you'll pick them up. But it's all the things that are in there, but they don't focus on them. You know the exorcisms there, but it's yeah. a big deal. You've got the demon that you you see a wee bit. They don't focus on the demon. It barely even speaks. You don't even really hear it speaking. You, like you can something here or speaking on the phone, but you can't really make out what's been said. You've got. Um, even small things like when they're saying the thanks to God for the dinner, they're saying to like her cat, you you know you give grace and she can't say it. Like and then you can watch that and think, oh, it's the demon because she's possessed by the demon. She physically can't thank God for anything because you know it's like she won't be able to say the words. She's like, I'm not saying that. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in it that that will lend itself to like repeat viewings. I'll throw this one to you. Do you think at any point it's a bit like the Babadook? And the demon the whole time has just been a metaphor for this little lassie's depression. Yeah, it's yeah, the demon's schizophrenia. That's what it is. But is schizophrenia and depression the same? No. So rather than being schizophrenic, is this is this meant to just be that the demon is her is the is the Babadook, it's the kind of beast behind her 
that and this is how she deals with it because every character in this movie is depressed the parents the dad's depressed that he's lost his daughter and he's trying to help any other young girl the mum's fucking morbidly depressed because the dad can't go over the fact that her daughter was killed uh, the cat's depressed because she's a wee lonely lassie talking to devils Joan's depressed because she's cat Rose is depressed because she thinks she's pregnant and it's it makes you think it might be just a metaphor which I don't I don't like that option I'd rather it was something kind of with more substance but did, did you get that at all when you were watching not, it? not depression no no schizophrenia yeah, yeah you're hell bent on it being schizophrenia yeah she was she's she's um, hallucinating and she's got delusions hearing voices it just shows how good this movie is that you can leave it with so many kind of that are different summaries and reviews and it's an all weird one because the past few weeks we've been talking about how you're in a your art house kind of genre subgenre and you're into movies that ask questions and make you work for the answer and I always said that I was in the other team where I'm like I don't want questions or answers I just fucking want to be showing something mental and then that's it whereas this movie I really enjoyed first watch you didn't and then obviously your second watch you summarise how you, how you feel shortly but it's it's weird that it's kind of flip turned yeah like I enjoy I enjoyed this movie way more than you did at first even though this is way more up your street than mine I mean there's, there's no fucking killer coconuts or like fucking zombie beavers in this so it's no, it's no really to my liking, but this was a brilliant film. I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's why it was in my top 10 of last year, despite Duncan from Podcast Under the Stairs getting a wee dig in that, oh, well, I liked it when it first came out. Like, fuck off, <laughs> Duncan. <laughs> uh, and I think it was my number six, seven. Right. It was, it was in the, the, the second half in my top, like the, the kind of five to ten yeah. region. And second watch, I still really, really enjoy this film. I think the soundtrack's excellent. I think the way it's shot's excellent. I don't think there's anyone in this that isn't giving it their all performance-wise. I think all the performances, especially for Emma Roberts and new Sabrina, I think are outstanding. And it's a movie that, because it is quite bleak, it makes you feel quite sad and kind of lonely in the end. So it's not a movie that I would watch, like, every month but the, it's definitely got rewatch value and I think I'd revisit it every few months just to see if I can see anything new in it or like understand it differently like I'd like to watch it with a schizophrenic point in my head and see if I then actually go oh shit no that Scott's right that's definitely what, what it is uh, so I would give it still the same as I did last year I'd give it an 8 out of 10 that's, that's quite good that's quite good see the thing is the, the schizophrenic angle basically you need to just say demons don't exist right it's in the physical world the demon doesn't actually exist and then the movie is exactly the same mm-hmm. uh, and you just call it schizophrenia because she believes she's talking to a demon she believes it's the demons actually there no one else can see it no one else can hear it that's that's pretty much exactly what schizophrenia is so it's the, it's the exact same movie but then but, but see when Rose at one point talks to Kat about the two nuns and says, oh, they've got a secret. That's not their real hair. The rest of it burnt off because uh, they were they were praying to the devil or they were dealing with the devil. 
that might have just been to wind Cat up, but what if it wasn't? What if those nuns had also been possessed at some point by the devil? Maybe that school was haunted. Maybe it is a genuine demon. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, when I had a look online to see what other people thought of this, uh, I seen that Roger Ebert gave it 1.5 stars out of, out of 10. He was dead when this came out. Maybe he's just got a website then that's called his name and other people recommend <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, my final summation is it's a slow burn and it's a, an enjoyable movie. I don't know what I thought the first time I watched it because I can't remember. I thought it was a cult movie. Um, the fact that Kat and Joan are the same person I think is a, I thought it was a cheap payoff. They should have gave it 15 years and got an older actress so there was a definite, you know, you could have linked it once you found out. You could have went, oh my God. Um, there was no supernatural in it, only mental health. Some really horrific scenes and images in such a dread-filled soundtrack that uses sound or lack thereof in all the right places. Uh, it just let it down in the payoff, I thought. Um, and I gave it seven lazy exorcisms out of ten. Okay, what, what would you have given it after your first watch? Can you can you remember? I honestly can't remember. I thought it was about... I thought it was, it, there was a ring of people in black hoods, like, chanting. The first time. I don't know what the hell I thought I watched. I don't know what movie I actually watched. <laughs> I'd love to see it, because it, <laughs> it sounds bad. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm I'm, su- I'm surprised that when you first said that you didn't enjoy it the first watch, I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's weird because this is a movie that, if after I watched it, I'd instantly message you and be like, you'll fucking love this. Yeah. Because I thought it was right up your street. But a seven's still good. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a high, it's a high uh, uh, score. Anything else to say about The Black Coat's Daughter? Um, Nothing else to say about February, no. Uh, so we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back after this (laughs) right Baz see before you go um, what we'll do is uh, fucking Liam's been nipping my head about this this audio clip you know the one that we promised him back in December he's been nipping my head about sending him nudes but it's no fucking happening Uh, he's, he's a persistent little bastard um, but what we'll do is we'll record I, I don't even I think it's like a fluff piece or what I think it's like a, yeah we listen to Scott Liam all the time I listen to it while I'm at work drinking my coffee uh, that sort of thing so it's, it's going to be a tough slog but we'll, we'll just I don't know I don't know I think the best thing to do is we just like get all the fucking anger about them I have to spend the whole weekend with them and they're dull as fuck uh, so we'll see have you, no- have you noticed how Scott looks like the Chandler in Friends when it was the alternate reality <laughs> check it out Scott from Scott and Liam yeah he, he could he could easily uh, yeah the only way he could get more ridiculous is by having a flock of seagulls haircut and he's not far off it I think he thinks he's a lost boy but yeah, we'll, what we'll do is, don't worry about this, Like, we'll, we'll need to think of something nice to say about them, I'll cut out all this negative shit, so they'll never hear it, and they'll just well, get let, Let's talking. just no mention Liam's trousers then, if we're going to be nice about it, let's not fucking bring up his trousers, man. The, 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 he likes a tight pair of trousers. I think it's body paint most of the time. <laughs> I do, and I, I think he just tucks his junk up. <laughs> fucking wrong. <laughs> Buffalo Bills he's it. A, he's a, he does, he Buffalo Bills it, man. <laughs> oh, fuck me, oh, fuck me hard. He does He does sound a bit like that as well, just like a, he's a Glaswegian Buffalo Bill. Um, he, he has, I don't know if he has, he has a cat though, and not a dog, but I get the feeling he probably runs by and they're going, precious, precious, like that. I get that feeling. It's, it's not even for Glasgow either it's for fucking Hamilton man it's like a poor man's Glasgow <laughs> do you know what I mean 
Hamilton is Glasgow for minx. <laughs> it's true. It says it on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, they're a show that clearly, they, they claim they'd never heard of the podcast Under the Stairs, but they're a show that obviously had heard podcasts under the stairs had heard Baz V Horror and decided that they'd steal the name steal the idea and uh, and then try and pass it off as their own I mean that's yeah. not cool yeah poor man's Gill and Roscoe do you know what I mean that poor man's Gill and Roscoe yeah oh I remember Gill and Roscoe Baz without uh, the 80s credibility without any credibility I can give them the 80s credibility indeed, and they're like indeed. fucking what are they Like, I think they have a collective age of about 10 Maybe, if that. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose we need to say something nice about them. It's all right though. Aye, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm really fucking bored talking about these cunts now. Let's just fucking do something. Let's just yeah. say something about them. It's cool. It's cool. I'm going to delete all this bit out. I need to worry. And what they'll get is the nice bit. So uh, we'll yeah, record. Yeah, <laughs> We'll record that in. Pair of pricks. <laughs> we'll record it in three, two, one. Hi, this is the Baz from the podcast Under the Stairs, and I like to listen to Scott and Liam versus Evil when I'm at the gym. Those guys are great. So it is summer again. Although looking out the window, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't believe it since it's pissing down with rain again after. But we did have about three weeks of good weather. But it is summer, and that means it is Love Island time. Do you watch this? No, you don't. Well, <laughs> I do, um, and it's actually quite good. Basically, uh, for those who don't know, um, they put about 12 good looking people on an island uh, Mallorca I think it is I can't remember which one and they put them in a villa and they, the the concept of the game is they have to couple up with each other and uh, have a relationship and bang and all the rest of it but they get at the end of every week they have a recoupling and if they don't like each other they can whoever's choice is if it's the ga- girls or the guys they can choose someone else to couple up with and they, they put in new people as throughout the, the time and if you're left alone at a recoupling then you get sent home and the winning couple at the end win 50,000. There's a lot of questions to be asked about consent and all the rest of it because you get forced into being in relationships and all the rest of it. There's a lot of kind of alcohol and truth or dare games where they get dared to kiss each other and all the rest of it. But it is a reality show. It's not a scripted reality show, which they ones absolutely fry my nut. But it's a reality show and it, you get hooked on it because there's always a cliffhanger because you always want to see somebody messes up or somebody does something and it's just a proper rammy. And it's a, uh, you know... And they've all got six, all the guys have got six packs and they've got their taps off, so <laughs> I'm in. It should probably just take place in a shed because every person in it is a fucking tool. <laughs> uh, oh. I, I I get I, I did actually get in it last time. Yeah. Uh, Lena kinda made me sit and watch it. And I, I actually I kinda I liked some of the characters, so I then watched it. I watched an episode or two <laughs> uh, last week with Lena and Every single person on this is a fucking douche. Like I can't, I can't get involved with it this year. I can't get behind it, mainly because I know I'll end up getting addicted to it and having to watch it every night. But every single person in it deserves a punch. Yeah, no, I know. I, I agree. The I get myself hooked into these shows, and that's and I same with Big Brother when that starts as well. I do the same thing, but uh, I can't help it. I do like it. And you're basically promoting just folks sleeping about like if you don't really like her well here's an even prettier lassie oh no but I've actually got to know that one no but here's a prettier lassie and we know you just want to jump her bones so on you go like it says nothing about fucking commitment and relationships that's life 
<laughs> well, to go from fucking Love Island, which will hopefully never be brought up again on <laughs> Scotland versus Evil, uh, you can do that in your own podcast, right. a different one, <laughs> Scott on Love Island. Uh, this it stains the sand red yep. is on Shudder. Yeah, put it up on the group the other night there, and for anyone that isn't part of the Facebook group or doesn't socialise or interact with us what what the fuck are you doing come on and do it uh, watch It Stains the Sand Red on Chudder UK it's directed by Colin Minihan who me and Scott shared a drink with him and his wife at Fright Fest yeah uh, shared a drink with being me and Scott mainly Scott were two bottles of red wine deep and were just shouting pish while they stood behind us <laughs> having no interaction with us at all, but in our head we had a drink yeah, with them. Yeah, we could see them. Yeah, we could see them, so they were our friends. It's a, a different take on the zombie genre, and it's a fun movie. It's interesting. Whether you'd watch it again and again, I don't know, but it's definitely worth checking out if you've not seen it before. So it stains the sand red. Get that watched. Yeah, I recommend that one too. So what else has been happening? Barry... Uh, the Baz from the podcast Under the Stairs has given birth <laughs> uh, <laughs> not from his own womb but from his wife's uh, to a little baby boy called Lewis and we congratulate Baz and his missus and his other two kids uh, for the new little bundle of joy that is keeping him up all night yeah congratulations Baz your artistical work <laughs> there's nothing else to say about that your (laughs) testicles work and Scott and myself approve of those working testicles but that's that's two two young babies in such a short space of time like just just nip it in the bud for a bit because like the the group chat we have with the podcast under the stairs guys like it gets wild at times but the past few weeks it's been it's been quite muted because he's just talking about babies and Change puppies <laughs> and what temperature milk needs to be fed at. I'm like, fucking hell, Baz, man. We want to talk about the other reason for boobs. <laughs> <laughs> the other reason for boobs. <laughs> See, I'm thinking more that there's there's no fight left in him. Like, if I slag Danun now, he's just like, ah, that's right. <laughs> like, no, no, come on, you, you've, you've got to fight back. You've got, to, you've got to be abusive again. So we need the abusive Baz back. So we hope the baby grows up really quickly so you can come back on and tell me how shite Hamilton is. I'll tell you how shite Hamilton is if you want. You watch Love Island. You you, you have absolutely no opinion on anything. That's fine. That's Just, fair enough. Uh, so what else have you been up to? Anything? Um, I went to the cinema in Hamilton to see Solo, a Star Wars movie, and it was shite. Was it? No, the movie was fantastic. The Hamilton cinema was shite. <laughs> Uh, so what what was so like I've not seen it yet I actually forgot it was out uh, good uh, oh yeah uh, fantastic it's uh, I think there's going to be another maybe one or two solo movies because um, they've got they've set it up for sequels but they've also introduced a few elements that need to be like finished and dealt with before A New Hope theoretically begins um, yeah. so it's quite interesting there's a big kind of reveal like towards the end it's quite a bit like oh wow can't believe they've done that uh but i think it ties in with the expanded universe and the books and the cartoons the animated shows and stuff but the uh 
it was kept spoiler free because I, I, I was not expecting that at all when I happened. It was quite good. Ah, uh, good. Yeah, uh, what, is it better? Is it better than the Last Jedi? Oh, aye. right, good because the Last Jedi I was not keen on, and it's actually took me out of the Star Wars universe a wee bit. Well, Hence this, why I've not seen Solo. This one takes you back in because this is obviously a standalone movie, and it and it uh, it shows you a bunch of different things that are mentioned throughout the original movies. Uh, and it gives nods to the heads to different things and it uh, sets up a potential uh, what the next movie will be about and if it's about that then it'll be really quite good mm. intriguing yeah uh, so we will be back uh, next week with my pick oh, or should so- we do should we do a group pick um, yeah we could do a group pick yeah yeah fuck it we'll be back next week with a group pick whatever you so fucking we'll bastards up- decide we'll put a poll up in the next few days Uh, maybe just judge like or or get a kind of short list of movies that people want us to talk about and then we'll do a poll and then we'll pick one of them just to give Scott a little break before I come back with some hilarious romp where people karate kick things out of thin air oh Jesus Uh, (laughs) so our listens have been outstanding this week. Yeah, I'm uh, very impressed. Especially after last week's episode, which a lot of people won't know. Scott does because he did deal with my messages every night. Really nearly drove me insane because the audio quality was so poor in my head uh, that I just I couldn't handle it. And I'm so glad that people have been listening and actually enjoying it. So thank you, people who don't have bitchy little ears like me <laughs> um, if you want to be involved in the poll for the group pick you need to be in the Facebook group and you can find that at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Scott and Liam versus evil uh, join that You'll uh, we'll have to approve you so if you're cool enough we'll approve you and you'll get in um, you can also find if you're not if you're not cool we'll approve you anyway uh, because we need the numbers yeah. you can uh, find us on Twitter if you're on that uh, social media platform at Scott and Liam versus you can also find us uh, on Instagram where you'll see your cool posters that Liam designs and knocks out of the park every week. And that's uh, at Scott and Liam versus Evil. So check us out. Bye. See you later. Dido, Dido, black old daughter, what was in the holy water? Gone to bed on an unclean head.